you know, I will say it's like I was telling you, I'm not I'm not a huge Minions fan, but but I guess they have a new movie out and I'm seeing them everywhere. Are, are you you're not a Minions fan either? I've never seen it, but you're going to sing the Minion song for us. <laughs> That's all I've got. I don't know anything else about the Minions. They're, they're, aren't they bad? I think they're like chaotic bad or some sort of lovable bad. Just know they're little creatures. I like them. Yeah, are they are they the same as in Buzz Lightyear? The claw, the claw, those little guys. The, are they the same? Are those the minions? Because you are asking the wrong person. You have the wrong guest on the show. <laughs> so this, is not, this is not the show you signed up for. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody, welcome to today's edition of the CXR Recruiting Community Podcast. It doesn't actually have anything to do with minions, except I am, I'm still crying, actually, unfortunately. Uh, but on the show here, we, we will bring you each week, mostly live broadcast, of quick and sort of snackable discussions, we think, with industry professionals, uh, personalities, and friends uh, for your infotainment. Uh, I'd like to encourage you to please click on the subscribe and like buttons and to reach out to us directly with feedback about the show after I think a few hundred episodes, which of course can all be found at cxr.org slash podcast. Uh, we have come to find an enjoyable rhythm uh, in this fun labor of love. And of course, that's exactly what this is. We do not have sponsors or ads or any paying guests. This is just us talking with folks that we want to connect with and share those conversations with you. Now, today's guest is no stranger to the Career Crossroads community. She's a bit of a titan in the space and a friend to Jerry and myself. Let's welcome her to the show and say hello to Athena Karp. Athena, how are you? Thanks for having me, Chris. Great. Welcome. I, I'm upset you didn't wear your Minions hat. It seems you're not a big <laughs> hardcore fan. Everyone's going to affiliate me with the Minions and I've never seen it. <laughs> no, well, now you're going to, I'm going to send you the DVD. Now you're going to have to watch it. And then I also but, need to buy a DVD player. So I'll yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. I'm aging myself. Thank you for that. I'll send you the stream. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Look, Athena, for those who um, don't have the pleasure uh, and the joy of, of having met you or maybe knowing a little bit about you, can you give us uh, what I like to call an escalator pitch? So give us that quick pitch uh, of sort of who you are and sort of what, what's really going on in, in your space right now. And then I think we've got a fun topic to talk about today that some folks might not be expecting. But let's get to know Athena a little bit. Who, who's Athena? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I started Hired Score, this company that I've run for the last uh, nine and a half years, um, really with one goal. And that was how do we make hiring promotions, workforce decisions more fair and efficient? Um, we've been focused on that for a decade. Uh, hope to be able to focus on that for many more decades. Um, what's been really exciting for us today, we work with almost 40% of the Fortune 100, actually a number of uh, enlightened career crossroads leaders and professionals. Um, we started in many ways with that, you know, how hiring and recruitment processes could be more fair and efficient, leveraging um, augmented solutions 
um, and really connected to the technology stack, the ecosystem, and then moved to internal mobility, and then moved to total talent management, um, and, and now to workforce planning. And what's been so exciting about that, um, Chris, is the, the amount of data that we've seen. We've seen over 600 million hiring decisions. We're in 150 countries. And that data in so many ways has shown us this kind of clue to what no one seems to have the answer for, which is what's increasingly in demand, what's mm -hmm. in decline, what's staying the same. And on the other hand, I was part of, I was on the board of a public school in Philadelphia that's trying to really change job access and opportunity creation for high poverty communities um, and, and build a different model. And it was like in my professional world, we're having discussions all day long with heads of yeah. TA about what can't be found in the market and what skills they really do need versus don't need and what qualifications someone needs to come with versus don't. And then I'm sitting in these school meetings and they're all asking who could tell us the map of what our kids should and could know to be more workforce ready, but the two never speak and the dots are never connected. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it, you know, I think it raises a really good point because we've, we've been talking to a lot of members and we see this a lot in STEM and I think in healthcare specifically for, for nursing, uh, a lot of employers have, have moved <clears throat> sort of prior to college, right? They've moved into early, earlier uh, stages of recruitment into high schools and even in some cases, middle schools, just to spark an interest in these fields, Right. Uh, just to get students, young students' minds thinking about what it could be like uh, to work in technology field or to work in you know, nursing as a career. And so you've got, um, you've got this initiative that you're talking about, a future of work literacy for America, uh, that I think is taking an, a more aggressive approach across the board that might be a little more holistic. Is that I don't know if that's a little too ambitious, but it seems to be a little more holistic of an approach. Well, I don't know if holistic, for us, it's more long-term oriented of the problem is much deeper than how can we all hire the same group of diverse talents between employers. And, you know, there's a lot of job boards and technologies and solutions that can help you do that. But we thought a lot about, you know, the, the topic I care most about is this job access to those that aren't in those pools, that aren't in those funnels, that aren't finding those jobs um, because they don't have the mentors, they don't have the knowledge, they don't know what that job could or would lead to versus alternative jobs that they're selecting. And so I, the way we're approaching it is saying, you know, this is, there is no silver bullet here mm -hmm. and there is no shortcut. It is a 10, 20, 30 year commitment to how we find better ways of taking the data. And here's the great news. Most of our clients do three to five year plans. So actually it does make sense for business. I read an yeah. article the other day that Amazon said in 2025, there's not going to be the workers they need to power the workforce that they need in the U S. So like we all know the Delta between what you need and what people are going to on their own naturally come to you with is wider and wider. And that's why it's, it's kind of like, if we don't get ahead of it, it's not going, it's just going to get worse. And so in my mind, it's a longer term, but it's a longer term because 
the problem is just going to escalate up (laughs) and the shortages and the disconnect between the populations that could do that work is just going to escalate in the other direction. So in many ways, it's like, how do we build the um, infrastructure to be able to take to any school in America, especially schools that have these kind of lack of access and lack of know-how and and lack of opportunities, Mm -hmm data around what employers increasingly need you to actually come with. It's not just skills. It's more than skills. Sometimes it's that certificate. Sometimes it's that, you know, nursing degree. Sometimes it's the something you can learn in a vocational school, whatever that is, and funnel that so that the students have the clarity of what is in, what will be in demand and what will that career path look like, right? So I think, so you said something kind of interesting earlier that, that was surprising to me. And I don't know if I should be embarrassed that I didn't know this, but it was a little surprising to me with regards to the level of tech literacy programs and training that is in today's education system, at least in America. Can you talk a little bit, a little bit about that? So I was shocked by this. We got a gift at our school, um, at the school in West Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. um, it's in an Obama area of promise. Um, so, so it's a population that um, has, has been underserved, we say, by the education, by the community, by the, you know, the government, by the services across all, all pillars. Um, and from that standpoint, what we found was there are zero hours of technical literacy in the public school curriculum, not in the city, not in the state, and not federally. So we have math and reading literacy but we don't have technical literacy. So if you're not getting that. But this, you know. this, blows, this blows my mind because all the talk of STEM for the last number of years and all the talk of the government on investing in this, this area for, for students, especially like when we did a whole thing about girls in STEM years ago, right? We were going to ramp this up. We're going to get more women in technology. But what I hear you saying is there's still zero. That system still has zero hours of any tech literacy training. Yeah. And then you take that, let's say, global perspective in China of Mm -hmm. not just STEM training, artificial intelligence courses, curriculum certificates being brought um, across the entire education system. So it like we we're not even addressing phase one, which is digital and technical literacy, let alone AI and computer vision and computer learning, you know, the advanced things. And so I. Yes, it, it's it's shocking, but then it, what it just becomes is yet another challenge that, based on you know where you live, and and what community you're born into, you will have either yet another advantage or yet another disadvantage. Which to me is, we know technology is not going away. We know these jobs of the future will have some foundational digital literacy requirement. So how are we not in real time funneling the information and as it evolves and changes, because it's, to me, it's just a matter of connecting two dots that have Mm -hmm. the exact same desire, intent, and will suffer from the same problems just in a proactive way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you a thing. So, so this future of work literacy for America, this program, you guys are working on how, how does how does this organization respond to uh, maybe the naysayers respond to the people that say you know what kids kids just don't want to work today 
right? Or they, they just don't want to do the work. I mean, are you seeing something that sort of flies in the face of that? Yeah. So we actually had some, uh, some fascinating data during COVID um, that um, our, our high school students, when we were told that um, kids don't want to work um, or, or these kids don't want to work. And then we actually looked at um, the, the year um, of the lockdown, you know, what percentage of our kids went and got jobs um, that were in, uh, I think, 11th and 12th grade. And we had over 90% went and got some type of work. So it's not about they don't want to work at all. Um, I think the, the bigger question became, are they doing the work that they desire to do? Is it the work that's meaningful? Is it the work that's going to put them on the trajectory to have the opportunities they want? And the answer to that is, is often no. So then it becomes, they have the desire, they're putting in the effort. How do we connect more of those dots? And that kind of becomes the the call for the program. Um, I was lucky enough to be part of the Aspen Institute in a, in a fellowship to develop this over the last three years, the Henry Crown Fellowship. Um, and what we found was it actually corporates, especially Fortune 500, have a lot of content around this entry-level jobs and these entry-level career paths and these entry-level skills. Yeah. How do we get that content to the exact populations they dream of attracting um, and, and provide that vehicle so that if you wanted you know, your workforce to be more diverse and to have a more diverse population, not just applying to your jobs, but when they apply, be ready for what those jobs need, how do we funnel that content into high school? M many of our students didn't want to do SATs. They don't want to go to a four-year degree or program. They want to work or they want vocational or they want skills. Or they want a number of other things. It's not a one-size-fits-all education system, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well that's kind of what I, where I was going to ask you next is the impact of, because, you know, we still have employers that are struggling with how much education should I require, versus skills I should expect to require, right, for those roles. And I'm just wondering, like the students who will come up through this, uh, through this program, how does this impact them, you think, long term? Is it about getting employers on board and saying that four year degree is great for some or for many, but not not truly necessary for some of these jobs that will maybe have some folks who have some specialized targeted uh, training, right, that they've actually gone through to, to be applicable? So, and, and our goal with, with the, the Belmont school, that's the, the school that we've, we've got received an innovation charter so we can, you know, give, give the students what they want and what they need, not what some model built 40, 50 years ago thinks they want or thinks they yeah. need, right? Yeah. Let's, let's personalize, uh, let's personalize to, to needs and desires. Um, and, and so the model for us is not building a separate after school program because, that has a whole different type of access requirements that you don't have to support your family. You don't have to help out at home. You don't have young kids. You have to, you know, young yeah, more time away from where you need to get home and help from. Yeah, exactly. So our, our vision is how do we incorporate this into the curriculum of the school and provide this as a scalable model that any school that wants to replicate what we've done could take our playbook, take our content, take our learnings and then bring that into their school and program. So it's a matter of, for us, kind of a few different pilot zones to be able to show 
you know, we have an incredible school, amazing teachers, um, just an incredible environment for learning and growing and feeling support. And now for us, that last piece is about how do we kind of take employers that have the desire to access that population and say, I don't care if they want to go to college or not. That's okay. As especially if, cause we see, hear more and more employers saying we're not just targeting colleges. We're even targeting high schools for some of these jobs and roles. Yep. We've yep. rethought that the college degree is not a necessary thing for certain jobs and opportunities or this alternative one year certificate program. Well, yep. can our seniors know about that? know what that will mean for salaries, know what that will mean for job security, know what that will mean for job trajectory and get that while they're in 11th and 12th grade. So they come and they hit the job ready without having to take one year off in between and take loans and take on debt. And so, you know, it's about employers identifying which of those jobs are they willing and open and desiring to make accessible, um, to provide training, to provide clarity of quals and then how do we have those students have that clarity and, and connect the dots? So Athena, <clears throat> I'm in Texas, I'm not in Pennsylvania, uh, and I'm an employer. How, how do I get involved? Like, uh, I think we've got a link, we're gonna throw a link up a little bit, people can get more information, but, but what, what would be expected of me if I get like, this gets me all pumped up and I wanna do something and be part of it, what would my contribution be? Is this, is it a money thing? Is it a time thing? Like what, what do you need from me as an employer who's interested? So it's, we have a thousand four hundred kids, um, in, in our school in Philadelphia. Um, many employers in Texas have jobs in Pennsylvania. So we'd love your jobs to bring to our students and your curriculum. Um, for us, it's, it's not about money. It's really about feedback and information of what type of roles would you, to this type of a population, if you had a similar public school with a similar situated kids, what jobs would you open up for them? What would the demand be? What skills would you want them to know? Because, you know, the broader the view we have of that future of work literacy defined corporate by corporate by corporate, the better we can tailor this program, not just to the first few employers that raise their hand, but with a wider view of if, if, and as we expand, when we expand to more and more cities that take this model to their education systems, you know, for us, it's that, how do we have the knowledge, not just of what we would see in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, but for what other States would see so that we're not overfitting it to just some microcosm, but rather we have that broader national view. So what I want to know is what are your jobs? Would you be interested in this? What would you want and need of a connector between your future workforce and these schools to help you make the leap and think differently and activate such a program? All right. I love that. Let's throw, let's throw the link up. There we go. Info.hiredscore.com slash CXR. That's a fancy link. I like that. Uh, <laughs> we throw that up for those who may not be watching or just listening. Uh, again, it's info.hiredscore.com slash CXR. And you can get more information there. You can reach out directly uh, to the team that's sort of helping to drive that. Athena, as I think you know, um, Crew Crossroads has a pr pretty rich community. We're going to make sure that we promote this internally. But we also have a nonprofit that is the CXR Foundation 
Uh, and I think this warrants a little bit of attention uh, and certainly a little bit of communication and distribution for that. So we're happy to help with that. Uh, is there anything else you want to maybe add to this topic? It's an exciting piece and it's early days as you guys really push this forward. So it, it is pretty um, it is pretty exciting. Like I, I'm, I'm a little pumped and now I can't even talk because I, I kind of want to figure out how I can play. Uh, what, what else should anybody know? Is there any big takeaway uh, outside of that as we sort of wrap up here? Yeah, I, I just think I think it's a the perfect time now. We've been focused on this for uh, about the school and the administrator, the incredible administration of the school has been spent the last 15, 20 years on this. And I think we're just at the place where companies are open and it was never about the candidate or the future talent being open and desiring this. But now we're in this entire new framework of rethinking on every level. What do you actually need to come with? What can we teach you? And how do we access new populations of talent in, in better ways for them? And so I'm so excited for what we can do. So grateful um, for the Career Crossroads um, team and your support. Um, and because we're really just in this phase of trying to connect dots, the more feedback we have from everyone here of what would it take for your org to make that jump? Or have you already made that jump mentally and culturally, you just don't have those connector orgs to help you connect those dots. Um, yeah. And the more that we can learn where each of these companies is at, kind of the better we can figure out what services um, and what infrastructure we need to provide. I love it. I love it. It's super exciting. It's just admirable that the work you're doing and the folks that are leaning in on that. So we are going to have to schedule something where you can come back with some status updates and anything we can do to help pull those dots together, get everything connected, you know that we will. Uh, Athena, thank you so, so much for your time. You're super, I got a lot of Athena this week. We had, we had quite a few meetings this week. <laughs> I got week a lot up. of questions. So, <laughs> so inspired. Um, love Career Crossroads. Can't say enough about how you bring our whole community together and how you make our community better. So well, thank, thank you. Well, thank you. So, it, we're, all, we're all doing it together, so it's good stuff. I'm going to put you uh, in the green room. So if you'll just hang out just a little bit for me, is that all right? Yep. Thanks, Chris. Okay. There are no minions in the green room. You will be safe. <laughs> no minions. <laughs> All, right, hold up. All right, everybody. I just want to say thanks again for everybody dialing in. Don't forget, subscribe and like uh, the buttons on there. I want to remind you to cxr.works slash podcast is where you can check out hundreds, literally hundreds. Uh, don't judge us on the early days. We were learning as we went uh, of our episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at CareerXRoads. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Career X Roads. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. You can do the math on that one yourself. And if you're interested in figuring out what's going on next uh, with any of the community events for both alumni members and for everyone open to the public, just head out to cxr.works slash events. And with that, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.